Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. When your baby turns one, you've hit a milestone. It's a marker. You look back through the mists of sleep deprivation and think, we did it. We got here. But what a year, especially when it comes to sleep. Fran Chavas is a senior nurse educator with Tresillion, one of Australia's oldest support networks for families. She was also a major contributor to the Tresillion Sleep Book, a book that was written to help parents in their first year with their babies and beyond. According to Fran, mums can get a sense of what their sleep will be like in the month before their baby is born. If a mother can think and listen or and uh, talk to her baby and begin to be very conscious of what her baby's doing, she'll begin to recognize when her baby is awake and active and then asleep. And what when her baby is asleep and when her baby is awake and active is actually mimicking what that baby will be doing after birth. So if her baby is awake between two and four in the morning, she can probably expect her baby to be awake between two and four in the morning after birth. When it comes to how we deal with, uh, I guess, the sleep deprivation that can come in the first year, do you think parents have unrealistic expectations of when their baby's going to sleep through? Yes, I, I do think so. I think that's one of the shocks of having a new baby. And I think part of that is what they read. And there's so much that's out there about what parents read. And they get information that babies should be sleeping through much earlier than, than what they do. I think that we talk about you know, saying sleep deprivation is also gives parents a, a, it's such a harsh kind of terminology, isn't it, for, for what's going on for you with a baby, because it's normal to wake up with a new baby, and you do go without sleep, and you are very tired, but it's also normal, there's nothing anybody can do about it, and so... Saying sleep deprivation kind of gives it a really, really uncomfortable feeling to it for something that's very normal. So in that first year then, how can we look at it from the baby's perspective in terms of how they are sleeping and what role it plays in their lives? From the baby's perspective... They don't like to think that they're causing their parents sleep deprivation. (laughs) It's kind of feels a bit harsh to them when they can't help it. They can't help waking up through the night. They need to feed really frequently. That's for them to grow and develop. So in the first month particularly, they don't even have a day-night rhythm yet. That's developing. So that's our circadian rhythms. So for the baby... Their rhythm is a just a two to four hourly what's called free running rhythm around the clock. So they'll just wake and sleep, wake and sleep for, for the first four weeks. By about four weeks, then the baby is more awake in the day and will sleep more at night. So in the first four weeks particularly, parents will be tired. They will be waking up 
any old time. That's normal. And it's probably a really good idea to understand in that last month before birth that take notice of what your baby's doing because that will give you a clue of when you should grab a nap (laughs) 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 when you can and really make up your mind that this baby is going to change your life. You won't be able to live the life you used to do. The end, that's that. (laughs) When mothers breastfeed, what role does the breast milk itself play in a child getting its circadian rhythms right, I guess? Okay. So we have melatonin, and melatonin is what rises in the evening for sleep. So we need melatonin to sleep. So our melatonin starts to rise in the evening and reaches a peak in the early hours of the morning. So breast milk is melatonin-rich at night, so... Our melatonin rises, and so for mum, hers does too. So baby's melatonin is also, but a baby's has to develop. So that's one of the things a baby's doing with circadian rhythms. A baby's circadian rhythms aren't set. They're going to be set, and parents can help that happen. But melatonin in, in mother's milk is also there. One of the problems we have in our society is our use of blue lights, which is in computers and, you know, our phones and um, game consoles and computers and tablets and our fluorescent lighting. And we've extended our daylight far into the night. And for babies, that's that can disrupt the development of their circadian rhythm and, in fact, ours as well. It can delay the secretion of melatonin in breast milk as well. But essentially, breast milk is high in melatonin at night, so best to breastfeed at night. Also, expressing breast milk for the, in the day for feeds at night, there won't be any melatonin in it. That's so interesting. I think I've just discovered why my daughter didn't sleep well. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, those bloody Netflix series. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Howard Chilton saying that a baby can't form bad habits in the first six months, which led me to believe that after six months, this isn't what Howard Chilton said, but I remember thinking, okay, I need to form good habits in my baby from six months onwards. So whatever I'm doing, feeding to sleep, rocking in my arms, coast living, whatever it might be, I need to quit all that at six months and then in serious, serious way, work out how to get them to sleep in their cot. Is there any logic in that when you look at how a baby's brain develops and their capacity for sleep? Are they more able to sleep at six months and self-settle, that sort of thing? All babies have a capacity to be put into their bed awake right from when they're quite young When a baby is drowsy, we can wrap them up all nice and snugly and we can put them into their crib and we can just go, hmm, it's time for sleep. Sleep comes from the brain. If the brain is saying, I'm drowsy, it's time to go to sleep. That's a really simple equation to make. So if a six-week-old baby is drowsy and ready for sleep, Wrapping them snugly and putting them in their crib is not not a bad thing to do. 
you don't have to cuddle and rock and do everything like that to six months and then suddenly decide, okay, now you have to stop doing that and then go through an enormous process of going, okay, everybody, you know, now we have to redo the whole thing. And also, they're also having a major period where they're, they're going to be crawling. So in fact, developmental change can be disruptive, same as any illness. If your baby gets sick, then they're going to want you more. They don't know what's wrong with them. They feel yucky. You know what it's like. You have a cold. You, you feel, you know, your nose is all stuffy. You feel ick. So a baby doesn't know what's wrong. So if we put ourselves in their place, you can you can imagine what that feels like. And they have no idea what's going on. So of course they want you. Something's wrong, so they want you. So they're not going to sleep. That's that, the end. So once they're over that cold, they've been having all sorts of lovely things happening to them. Well, they're not going to want that to stop either. So it's going to take you some time to get them over that one too. So... This is the first 12 months is full of bits and pieces that are going to happen. You know, that is one step forward, two steps back. These are normal experiences for parents and babies that we can't avoid that are going to make us really, really tired. And that it's really unfair to set up an expectation in parents' minds that that they're being ripped off somehow. <laughs> they're not being ripped off. Their baby is not being naughty or disruptive or, you know, giving them a hard time. Their baby's just being a baby. That's what babies do. They're being a baby. <laughs> is there ever a time when those waking moments are a sign that you're perhaps not approaching the settling process in a way that you should be? Sometimes we just make mistakes and we don't understand what our baby's all about. And that's really frustrating. I mean, it's always frustrating when people are doing something we don't understand, so we just get cranky at them. So it's more about just figuring out what our babies are doing. And that's what we always find at Tresillian when we work with parents. Once they understand what their baby's up to, and it all makes sense, it's kind of like, fantastic, now I get it, you know. So it's like any anything. If we don't understand what someone's up to, then we just get cranky at them. So the best way forward is to try and figure out what your baby's up to. And when it makes sense, you can do something about it. Babies aren't deliberately naughty and babies aren't there planning any attack plan, you know. They're not, they're not out there planning some strategy to get at you. I can tell you what, teenagers do that, not babies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say a parent's saying, okay, I need to work out what's going on with this baby. And we do live in an age where there are a number of services. Obviously, Tresillion is one, and it's been around for 100 years now, so tried and tested. What would your advice be to a parent who is sitting there and saying, okay, over here we have a sleep consultant who says they use gentle techniques. Here is a sleep consultant who uses the term self-settling, mm -hmm. which might mean something else. And then there's Karatani and then there's Tresillion mm -hmm. and then they're pulling their hair out <laughs> and mm -hmm. saying, 
what do I do? How do I make the right decision? Because mm-hmm. there seems to be so many mm-hmm. um, services. Yep. It's a hard one, isn't it? I guess it's about what feels right for you. If you want to to find an answer, you have to understand what babies are doing. It can't be just a recipe that fits every single baby because there is no recipe. If we go by their developmental needs and as they develop, they need certain things. So we look at each stage of their development and where they're up to with their development, who they are. So parents have to watch their baby. Who is their baby? What does my baby need? It's really important to get to know your baby. Does my baby only need two hours nap in the day, three times a day? Or does my baby need three-hour naps twice a day? These are really important things for parents to understand. Not that your baby should sleep two hours, four times a day, and eight hours a night. No baby is going to conform to those rules because they haven't read that book. (laughs) Fran, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Fran Chavas. She's a registered nurse and midwife who specialises in infant mental health. She's also a senior nurse educator at Tresillion. The name of the book she worked on is the Tresillion Sleep Book. It was published in 2018 and is available at all good bookstores. Most children love a bit of a boogie and playing any kind of instrument. Now there's research that shows it can help kids get ready for school. We want them to remember a stomp, a star jump, a wiggle and then maybe a hop. The tracks have stops and starts in them and this is a really good skill in terms of self-regulation for children to have to be able to stop when the music stops. On the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, Associate Professor Kate Williams from QUT takes us through her research and gives some compelling reasons why all preschoolers should be making music. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning and I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Hold up. 